Amen. No matter where it is, you want to be where God is. Amen. I was talking uh, with Miss Mallory's uh, grandmother, I believe it was this morning, uh, about her taking her trip soon, and that's a long way from home uh, to be away from your kiddo. And you think about the missions field and your kid being called to missions and going a long way from home and uh, all the dangers that are there, all the unknowns that are there. And, and as a parent, I'm sure you worry. I would worry uh, because I'm human. I would try to grow out of it, but I don't know that I ever would when your kid's away from you that far. But sometimes we think of it as a cliche, but it's very true that the safest place any of us can be, our kids, our family, is right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. If the will of God carries them to a foreign country, if the will of God carries them uh, to a war zone as a soldier, the safest place they can be is where God would have them be. And what a wonderful truth. We even talked about that at camp the other day. Uh, in the last message we preached about how Moses says, Lord, I don't want to go if you're not going to go with us. And that ought to be all of our mentality in the new year. Uh, we don't want to take a step forward in the new year without the Lord's presence being with us. And uh, no matter where he leads, that's where we want to be. Amen. Good singing tonight, Brother Zach. I'm surprised you still have some voice left uh, after camp. Uh, Brother Zach did a great job at camp. Camp songs are a little different than church songs, uh, a little more energetic, take a lot of voice, and I appreciate him. We have multiple services throughout the day, and he led the singing in that. And let me say once again, thank you to everybody uh, who took part and helped out with camp and people in the kitchen and uh, people uh, in the cabins. It's just a lot of work, a lot of investment, and I appreciate everybody who participated, helped the young people go, and I pray we'll see fruit from that uh, in the days and the weeks ahead, especially on the 28th. Looking forward to our first youth service this year and uh, our young people, I already had a couple of young men come up and say they'd be willing uh, to share a verse or a little bit of a message uh, on their heart and so I'm excited about that, excited about our singing uh, and the young people kind of showing you some uh, video of what they did at camp. So be here for that, encourage them and support them on the 28th. Let's take our Bibles out tonight and turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Joshua and um, I took a little extra time this morning. I've been trying to do better. Uh, and I think my mistake was Wednesday night I bragged about four services in a row getting done on time. Uh, and, you know, pride goes before destruction. And uh, uh, we blew that out of the water this morning. Went a little bit late. I, I may try to give you some time back tonight uh, if the Lord will allow us. I have a simple thought I want to share with you heading into Vision Sunday next Sunday. I'm very excited about it. I want to encourage you to be here for Vision Sunday. And then, obviously, revival kicking off on the 21st. I spoke to our, our guest evangelist who will be coming in. Uh, he'll be flying in uh, from England on Wednesday and looking forward to spending some time with him. And I'm looking forward to you meeting him, hearing his testimony of what God has done for him and through him and his family there in China. Uh, but then looking forward to being challenged through God's Word uh, Sunday through Wednesday. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, if you're there, let's stand, stretch our legs just a little bit. I'm afraid those were at camp, if they don't stand up, uh, they'll be asleep by point number two. So we'll go ahead and stretch their legs a little bit, get some blood flowing. Joshua 1, and look to verse number 1. We'll read down about eight verses, seven maybe, and then we'll pray. <clears throat> the Bible says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. 
from the wilderness unto this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray together tonight and ask the Lord's blessing. Father, I do thank you for your word again tonight. Lord, thank you so much that we can have, as was sung about a moment ago, your presence with us. Oh, Father, I pray tonight that in our personal life, in this service, in the new year ahead, that we would covet your presence. Lord, I pray that it would be such a genuine desire that we would not desire to take a move forward, backward, left or right, Lord, without knowing you are with us. Help us now, Father, in this new year. I pray you challenge us tonight through the message in your word as we embark on this journey of a new year, that it might be one that we fulfill your will in it. Be with those that are not here. Bless those that are sick. And Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know how many times I have preached out of Joshua chapter number one, uh, but it's amazing. We can always go back and find what the Lord has us to speak that's fresh and new. And tonight I want to do just that. Uh, what we're reading about in Joshua chapter 1 is somewhat of what we're experiencing uh, right now. It is a turning of the page, if you will. It's a new chapter in uh, the story of the children of Israel. You notice right there at the beginning, now after the death of Moses. Moses has died, the great leader who has led these people through thick and thin, through good times, through bad, uh, through murmuring, through disappointments, Moses has led them. Now Moses has died and God's will continues on. Aren't you glad that God's will continues on no matter what God turns pages and chapters, God's will will always continue on. As we begin to read here in chapter 1, verse 1, we see that God begins to reiterate to Joshua exactly what he wants of him. All right, Moses has died. I don't know how much time the time of mourning would take to pass, and yet now God speaks to Joshua. He says, we're turning a page. There's a new chapter, and I want you to move forward in this new chapter. Now understand that even though this is a new day and a new chapter and a new leader taking control here in Joshua chapter 1, the mission remains the same. God's will, God's desire, God's plans, and God's promises for his people still remain. They are yet to be possessed. And as God begins to speak to Joshua, he is reminding them of what he expects of them. Uh, now, folks, we all have expectations of each other. We all have expectations in the new year. Maybe we're looking forward to getting that promotion in our job or getting that raise in our job. And there are things we are expecting as we embark on this new journey of a new year if the Lord should tarry. But I want to remind us of something very important tonight. That although we have expectations of each other, and we have expectations of our year and things we are looking forward to. We cannot neglect the priority of understanding that God has expectations of us. As he begins to tell Joshua, we're turning a page. 
Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. All right, Moses has passed on. Moses has completed his part of the story. But aren't you glad the story goes on? And Joshua, God calls Joshua and he says, all right, I want you to carry on with my expectations. Now, folks, tonight, this is something that I think oftentimes, if you're not careful, they get slid to the back burner of life. That God has expectations for his children. I, I quote it all the time, but I do think we forget. The Bible says, know you not that you are not your own, that we do not belong to ourselves anymore. And yes, God allows us joy and God allows us experiences and opportunities. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God. Regardless of difficult times and tough days and bad weeks and bad months, maybe bad years of your life, each and every one of us can look back and see the goodness of God in our life. I'm thankful for that. But folks, with the goodness of God, there also comes the expectations of God. That there is a standard that God would have us to live up to, not preaching on that tonight, uh, but there are places and accomplishments and opportunities that God expects of us on this journey, particularly in the new year. Uh, we're about a week into this new year. I hope you're doing well with all of your resolutions, all of your decisions, all of your commitments. But folks, tonight we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to look at what he challenged Joshua with and his expectations of him because they also are expectations of us. Tonight I want to look at this thought for a few minutes, New Year's Expectations. A New Year's Expectations and look at some of what God expects of us as we look at what he expected of Joshua. Now look down, if you will, chapter 1. Moses has died and now he's speaking to Joshua. Look at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now I want you to notice that just because Moses had died, it didn't mean the mission had died. Just because Moses was gone did not mean the promises were not still available to God's people. And God is challenging Joshua here. He says, I want you to understand, I'm expecting something of you. Now folks, there are, there are things expected of all of us. Uh, you have your spouse and your children, grandchildren, your boss at work. Uh, they have expectations of you and, and they ought to matter. Amen? They ought to matter. And we ought to represent the Lord well in our homes and our jobs, our workplaces, things along that line. But oh, if there's something that should matter tonight, it ought to be the expectations of God and what God expects of us. Because along with the expectations of God, there comes accountability of God. That one day we will see the end of those expectations. And notice at the very simplest beginning of Joshua's leadership, notice in verse number two, the expectation to continue. The expectation to continue. Can I tell you tonight, there, there are specific things that God will expect of each and every one of us in this new year. There's things God will expect of you, he will not expect of me. There are things God expects of me, he will not expect of you. There are specific things that matter to you and I in the specific will of God for our life. But there are general and generic things that apply to all of us as Christians. One of the most base of all of them as we head into this new chapter of a new year, can I tell you, ought to be the expectation to continue. That the will of God and the burden and the call of God and the responsibilities that God has laid upon us as individuals and as a church, that God still has an expectation to continue. Now I'll tell you, there are times in my life I'm very good at committing, uh, but I'm not always good at continuing. All right? Can we be honest? I think all of us have probably failed in that department. 
Sometimes we overextend ourselves. Yes, I will be there. Yes, I will do that. Yes, I will get that for you. Isn't it horrible when you're laying at bed at night and you realize that you committed to something that you didn't follow through with? Does your neck get hot too? Uh, my neck gets hot and like, good night. I forgot to, to do that. And then you're like, it's 12 o'clock in the morning. You know, you don't have time to text them. It's too late to text them at night. Folks, I'm afraid that we are very good at committing and, and conversating about what we're going to do. But what matters to God is that we continue in what we've committed to do. He tells Joshua, what I expect of you in verse number two is that you keep this thing going. Now, folks, although it's a new year, understand this tonight. The mission of God, the call of God, the burden of God that he has given us individually and collectively as a church must continue. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Apostle Paul, as he is giving these charges and counsel to the young preacher Timothy, it's amazing how many times that Paul, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, look up the word continue. Look up the word continue. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Take heed unto thyself and thy doctrine and continue in them. Now, you understand as Paul is writing Timothy, Paul knows he's going to die. All right? And there's a lot of, I, I, I give advice, young people at camp, I give them some advice. We'll be talking back and forth, and, you know, I'll give them advice, you know, about uh, maybe, I'll give them some style advice, you know. They admire the way that I dress, and so I try to give them, yeah, <laughs> Nehemiah. Boy, Nehemiah, I appreciate the encouragement. I'll give them some advice, some things that don't matter. But if I was on my deathbed in Forest General Hospital, and I knew that I didn't have long to live, I'd try to make sure that whatever advice I gave to the young men would be good advice. Amen? Look, if you're going to be passing off a scene soon, give some good advice on the way out, you know. Not that whole wooden nickels thing. Give them some, wood advi some good advice, okay. Here's Paul. He knows he's about to die. Paul knows he's about to be executed. And as he gives the counsel according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, he tells him to continue in the doctrine that he's been taught. Don't you think it's kind of important? As Paul speaks to him in 2 Timothy, he says this, chapter 3, verse 14, but continue in the things that thou hast learned. Continuing was a priority. Folks, can I tell you something tonight? It's a new year, and I pray that you fulfill the will of God back in 2023. But even if you didn't, the will of God continues in 2024. And if the Lord tarries, it continues in 2025. Why? Because our Father has an expectation to continue. Now, for you, that may be a drudgery tonight. But hear me out. If God calls us to continue, do you know what that automatically means? That automatically means he's equipped us to be able to continue. Amen? Oh, there are so many things in this world. Satan has so many devices and schemes to try to stop the people of God. And yet for God to call us to continue, that means we have the capability to continue. Doesn't mean you don't feel like quitting. Doesn't mean you feel like you just want to go home. Doesn't mean you feel like you can't do it. Hey, you're going to feel that way. Why? Because this stuff is weak. Our spirits are willing, but oh, our flesh is weak. At camp this past week, I'm, I'm staying in the speaker's cabin, a very nice cabin mom and dad built there, and uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm sure it smelled a lot better than the one you were staying in over there, Brother Zach, amen. Uh, I hear their cabins are just flammable. Both boys and girls are flammable for different reasons, but they're both flammable because of the smells that are all up in those things. You just, you see it coming out the window. It's just kind of green. And Anyway, I'm staying in the speaker's cabin, and uh, uh, we had a late night. 
late night, you're tired, you're out there doing activities, and we're in there doing activities at service, and then you're preaching, we have canteen, and then you're staying up late, and oh my goodness, morning rolls around, it's time to get up and, and go over there to the service, and boy, I, I really felt like getting up and going and spending some time with some of the kids and helping them in their devotions, but my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. I hope they can figure it out on their own, Amen. Folks, I want you to know there is something inside of all of us that tells us we can't, but our Father tells us to continue. He says, Joshua, I want you to know that Moses is gone, but watch this. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. Let me give you some encouragement tonight. In California, at Pleasanton Fire Department in Livermore, California, there's a light bulb called the Centennial Light Bulb. It was put there in 1901, if I'm not mistaken, and it has been burning ever since. If it's still going, uh, the story's a little old when I, when I read it a few years ago. If it's still going, that thing has been burning 20, uh, uh, 120, over 120 years. I want you to think about this. As a, as a Christian tonight, you're kind of like that light bulb. If you look at the centennial light bulb, it is kind of dim. It's not very pretty, and it just hangs there off the ceiling. But it attracts person after person who comes by to see it and take a picture with it. Not because it's fancy, not because it's bright, but because it just keeps on burning. Now let me encourage you tonight. As a Christian, you're a lot like that light bulb. Listen, you don't have to be the brightest bulb in the lot. You don't have to be the prettiest bulb. You don't have to shine the brightest for everybody to see. But can I tell you, we'll attract a crowd. Can I tell you, we'll impact other people in the future generation if you just keep continuing. That'll impact people. Uh, my dad used to use the term as a kid, uh, a flash in the pan. Uh, my dad used to use the term, or maybe you still do, I don't know. I just haven't heard it lately. My dad would say, don't be a flim-flam man. Don't be a flash in the pan. Don't be just all about the fluff where you make a big grand appearance, but then you taper off. Hey, be consistent. Be faithful. That's what's going to make a difference in people's lives. Can I tell you as a Christian, one of the things you need to understand God expects in this new year there's the expectation to continue. Then let's keep reading tonight. He says here in verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, now watch this. you got to see this. God had first told Moses about the land, and now Moses is gone, but he tells Joseph, uh, Joshua, he says, Joshua, the land is still there. Number one, I expect you to continue, but number two, notice the expectation of faith, the expectation of faith. He says, the land which I do give to them. Folks, Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is impossible. God expects us to trust him for what is beyond us and for what we cannot see with our mortal eyes. Notice he says, the land which I do give them. What is he telling them? I expect you to have faith. Can I tell you, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. God still has an expectation of faith for his children. That as we venture into this new chapter of a new year, we are looking forward to something that only God can see. The evidence of things not seen, is that not what faith is? The other night we were talking at camp about Caleb and at the end of a 45-year journey, Caleb says, now therefore give me that mountain 
He had seen it years ago when he had spied out the land and now everybody has fallen dead in the wilderness and Caleb comes along and Caleb, the Bible says he had the strength in that day that he did when he, he scouted out the land. Do you know what I think kept Caleb going? Now look, I'm just going to give you my opinion, okay? Don't come up and correct me after the service. I'm going to give you my opinion. I kind of feel like that when Caleb first saw that mountain, he picked out his house site. You ever do that? Uh, it's probably a log cabin up there, you know, a nice stone chimney coming out of it. He probably pictured where he was going to build a fence and put his llamas or his camels or his donkeys or whatever he had there. Man, I, I imagine as Caleb's making that journey, and man, it's getting tough, and these folks are griping and complaining and murmuring, and he's waiting for all of them to die off so he can go and have what possessed. Do you know what I think he was thinking about? That mountain. I think old Caleb kept thinking about his mountain and the cabin that he was going to build up in there or the house he was going to build. And maybe, maybe he even picked out spots for his children to live there because the Bible says it would be his inheritance. What I think kept Caleb going was the faith in what God said he could have. I challenged our kids the other night. I said, you ought to get in this book, find you a promise, and put that on your bucket list for 2024. Why? Because faithful is he that's promised. But do you know how we achieve and possess the promises of God by faith, by faith. You're not always going to see what we're working toward and see what God has planned. That's where we simply have to trust Him. Can I ask you this tonight? What are you looking forward to in 2024 that only God can see? What are you looking forward to? Do you know it's a very sad Christian existence when you only look forward to what you know you can do? That's a sad Christian existence. It's a sad existence to look forward to things that only you can imagine, and yet we are confining ourselves there. Why? Because we have a lack of faith, and that's why we'll not please God. Why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I tell you, your walk will reflect your faith. Oh, Caleb just kept on walking. He just kept on walking. I mean, look, he was a human being just like you and I are you got to know he got aggravated with some of those people. I don't think he wished for anybody to die, okay? But he was like, would you folks hurry up and get where you're going so I can get where I'm going? He knew he was going to possess the promises of God. How do you do that? By faith. Can I tell you number two tonight, as we turn the page into this new year, just as with Joshua, God has an expectation of faith. But let's keep on reading. You seem like you're getting it, so I'm going to move on, amen? You see how that works, I'm just saying. Verse 6, watch what he tells him. Be strong and of a good courage. He'll go on to say in chapter 1, he'll say that three times. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Watch verse 7 again. Only be thou strong and, a very, and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Number 3 tonight, notice God has an expectation of courage. God has an expectation of courage. When God tells you to have courage, do you know what he's also telling you at the very same time? It's not going to be easy. Why else would he tell you to have courage? Now, 
I was reading this, and uh, boy, I've preached out this many times. I went back, go back to my old preaching Bible. The, the pages are yellowed here. As a teenage preacher, I preached out of there a lot. That was easy preaching. It's awful yellow there. And I've preached out of this many, many times, but I don't know that I've ever really thought about verse 7, the way verse 7 is made up here. Watch what he says. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. You know, when I think about courage and I tell someone, you're going to need some courage. Man up, be courageous. Uh, the guys out there in the woods the other night, we're at winter retreat and we're doing capture the flag during the day and we were going to play manhunt, but it was all raining, it was all wet outside. And well, you get outside, you're excited on the, in the inside of the building. Man, we're going to go out there in the woods and we're going to play manhunt and man, it's just going to be great doing manly stuff, climbing through the briars, it's just going to be great. But it's amazing every year, without a doubt, we go out there in the woods at night and suddenly the lone wolf's become pack animals. We're going to go out there, we're going to hunt each other down, and I'm going to climb this tree and drop down from on top of them, and I'll put them in the headlock and all this. You get out there in the dark, and you start hearing things you've never heard before. What was that? These, look, I grew up in the country, all right? These city kids are like, huh, what was that? So that's a screech owl. Are you sure? You know, it sounded like a velociraptor. I said, no, it's, I promise, it's just an owl out there. Man, they had a lot of courage in the dining hall. Yeah! I mean, look, a lot of times, they'll wear, not these guys, okay? This is other church guys, other church guys. Come on, not our guys, not our guys. They wear camouflage, they got head bandanas, also even wear uh, face paint, man. We're going to go out there and play manhunt. And they've got so much courage in the dining hall. But all that changes when we get out there in the woods. Hey, you look scared. Do you need a team member? I'll go with you. Well, they didn't need a team member. He needed a team member. Can I tell you, it's easy to have a lot of courage in here. But boy, when you get outside and out there into the jungle of the world, where there are real monsters, spiritual ones, wickedness, powers of darkness, that's where you need the courage. But watch this. Watch verse 7. It's not courage to fight them. Watch what he said. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do. It takes courage to do the will of God. It takes courage to do the will of God. You know, we live in a world that is obsessed with vanity in the body. And look, I, I think we all ought to take care of our body. That way we can minister the word of God and do the will of God. All right, so take care of your body. The Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness profiteth in all things. All right, so godliness, that's what we ought to be working toward. And we put a lot of stock in carnal courage. But can I tell you something? What good is carnal courage, physical courage, if you don't have spiritual courage to do the will of God? You may survive physically, but you'll be dead spiritually. God says, here's what I expect of you. I expect of you to be courageous. Watch verse 6, verse number 7. You keep reading. Verse number 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. God expects us to be courageous. That maybe not the courage you think. Courage is strength of heart to do the will of God. That's what he's telling. You're going to need strength of heart to do my will and to obey what I've commanded you. That's why he says to do all of the law. Man, these young people, they heard a lot this week. I hope they got a little bit out of something. They realize it's going to take a lot of courage to do the will of God outside these walls. Yes, we come in. Yes, we hear wonderful music. Yes, we sing great congregationals. Yes, we have an amazing choir, and we get stirred, and that's wonderful. But you need the courage outside of these walls 
to do all of the law. I'm not talking about the Old Testament law, but to carry out the will of God. It takes courage, strength of heart. God expects that of us. He didn't say, hey, if you got time, he says, no, only be thou strong and very courageous. Proverbs 28, 1, very good verse. The Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursueth. That means the wicked have no courage. The wicked have no courage. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Think about that. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Now watch this. Is that not saying that our boldness tonight is directly akin to our righteousness? Now come on, I got a little quiet on that one, all right? You need to digest it for a minute. Could it be tonight the reason we as God's people don't have the courage that we should to go do the will of God and obey the will of God is because we know we are not bold as a lion because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's why righteousness matters. That's why living a clean life matters. That's why confessing our sin to God matters because that righteousness is going to translate into boldness to do the will of God. Was it Star Trek years ago? It's been a long time. Long time since I watched Star Trek. After I was introduced to Brother Richard, he told me I couldn't be his friend if I watched Star Trek. Uh, I can only watch Star Wars. But didn't they used to say years ago to boldly go where no man has gone before? Wouldn't it be wonderful this year if you boldly went where most Christians don't dare to go? You say, well, how on earth can we do that? The Bible's clear. We've got to have courage. And that courage comes from the righteousness that makes us bold as a lion. You ever been to the zoo? We have a nice zoo here in Hattiesburg. I'm thankful for that. People come to Hattiesburg to visit. They say, hey, is there anything to do around here? I say, yeah, we have a nice zoo. Boy, you go over and you see that lion. You hear that lion roar. That lion's roar gets the attention of every animal on the property and every human too. It gets all of our attention. Where does that come from? Man, he's the lion. He's the king of the forest. He's the top of the food chain. You're thinking, man, if I could be an animal, I wish I could be a possum. No. Now, some of you might just because you're weird. <laughs> if I get to pick which lion I'm going to be, look, I don't want to be a gazelle. They always get eaten on National Geographic. I don't want to be a gazelle. Uh, I don't want to be an impala or a wildebeest. They're a dime a dozen. They get eaten all the time. I want to be a lion. You know, the Bible says we can be spiritual lions, but that comes through righteousness, courage, strength of heart. Number, number three, notice the expectation of courage that God tells them. He says, I, I want you to have strength of heart. It's going to take that. What is courage? Watch this. Courage reflects commitment to conviction. Courage reflects commitment to conviction, meaning, you know what? I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in what thus saith the Lord. I believe in what God's promised. And courage is strength of heart. I'm going to hold on to that until I see the fulfillment of it by faith. That's why faith is important. Number three, the expectation of courage. And finally, let me give you this tonight. This is my favorite one. You look down to verse number five. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Notice God says, I expect you to continue. God says, I expect you to have faith. God says, I expect you to have courage. You're going to need it in this new chapter. But wait a minute. He tells them in verse number five what they can expect of him. I want you to notice number five tonight, or number four tonight, verse number five, the expectation of him. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be 
would be. He says, Joshua, I want you to remember what I did for Moses. And I want you to know that what I did for Moses, you can expect that of me. You know, we, we, we think about all the do's and don'ts in Scripture, and sometimes that's what we look at this book as, just a book of do's and don'ts. But wait a minute. The reason God put all of these accounts in here is so that we could know what he was capable of. He says, I, I want you to go back there and read in Genesis as I was with Abraham. I want you to go back there and read as I was with Joseph. I want you to go to the New Testament and read as I was with Paul. I want you to go and read as I was with my son. I want you to read all of as I was. Why? To know what you can expect of me. Can I tell you tonight, we look at all the do's and don'ts of having to have faith and expected to continue and expected to have courage. But can I tell you, we have a wonderful expectation of him. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now, he's reminding Joshua that his expectations are based on those experiences. You remember when I was with Moses, when I stood by Moses? Remember the Red Sea? Remember the manna? Remember all the things I did for Moses? I'm going to be with you too. Tonight, could I encourage you as we head off into this new year, that boy, you have experiences with God. And you see God work and you trust God and you watch God come through. Why? Watch, watch. Your expectation of him is going to be based on your experiences with him. If you've never taken the time to trust God for something beyond your reach and beyond your eyesight, and you've never had that experience with God, well, listen to me. You ought to use Moses's, but you ought to go get some of your own. Well, God, I, I remember as you was with me there, and God, I'm going to trust you to be with me here. God, I, I know what you did for Moses and Joseph and David. I know what you did for Abraham and Joshua. I, I know what you did for Joseph. But God, I want to have some experiences with you this year. Why? So that I can have expectations of you this year. Folks, has God done anything for you? Has God answered a prayer for you that was beyond anything you could supply on your own? Has God brought healing in your life? Has God brought an answer to a question? Has God filled a, a hole in your heart with his wonderful, sufficient grace? And there's no doubt you look back and you can say, God was with me there. God says, I want you to know you can expect me to be with you there as well. It's an expectation of God. I think about Job often where Job, in the midst of his trial, Never gone through anything like that before, but Job says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day. You go back to Job chapter number one, he was perfect, upright, feared God, and eschewed evil. Job had experience with God, he spent time with God. And it wasn't just in the morning, you know, Lord bless my day, amen. You could tell Job walked with God, and his experience with God gave him an expectation of God, that I know, I know my Redeemer, and I know at the end of the day, at the end of the road, at the end of the chapter, he shall stand at the latter day. Folks, tonight, I believe God has expectations of us as we turn the chapter and turn the page into a new year. God expects us to continue. New year, same mission. New year, same commission. New year, same burden. New year, same calling. New year, same mission of lost people here in Hattiesburg. God wants us to continue. 
But then he has an expectation of faith. He says, hey, I've already given it to you. But you've got to go get it by faith. By faith. But then it's going to take courage. He said it's not going to be easy. It's going to take courage to move forward and claim the promises of what he's called us to possess. But he says, don't forget, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Thanks be to God, we have an expectation of him. And we can trust him tonight. Can I ask you, as we look into this new year, and I'm done, are you looking forward to the expectations of God? Have you already begun thinking about, God, what is it that you will require of me in this new year? Maybe tonight you need to ask God for the strength to continue. Maybe you need to ask God to help you grow your faith. Maybe you need to ask God tonight, God, give me the courage to move forward and trust you to do what only you can do tonight, the expectations of God.